We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Week 9 edition, the NFL Trade Edition, the Halloween edition of the RotoWire NFL Podcast, of course, brought to you by our friends at Circus Sports. Uh, not a lot on the waiver wire this week. We'll go over our top five in just a second. It is as mundane as the NFL games have been over the past two weeks. Unfortunately, I think that'll be the same case this week as well, too. But I can promise you any trade deadline news, we will have you covered, of course, as it's going live. But if you are listening back later on throughout the evening, I would imagine most of the trades will be covered during the next hour or so that we're doing the show. So with that being said, I want to hit our music and then we'll dive obviously into the week nine waiver wire pickups. Again, welcome everyone to the week nine edition of the RotoWire NFL podcast brought to you by Circus Sports. I'm Joe Bartle. You can follow me at JB Fantasy Sports on Twitter. And of course, Every week we get Jake Latarski at Roto Jake on Twitter, but this week we get the Thor version of Roto Jake, who's got, if you can yeah. listen or watch it, you get the, the <laughs> well, nice little wig on. Exactly. Well, happy Halloween, everyone out there, ladies and gentlemen. I, I still haven't decided between Fat Thor and uh, Lebowski. I get about a mix of both. So, as, as of course, happened in the Avengers Endgame movie. So, uh, we'll probably have a little bit of fun with the Halloween edition here today. Um, yeah, again, like Joe said, Top five pickups, nothing groundbreaking or earth-shattering here, but we can find some hopefully sneaky ads to get, get you going or maybe uh, sleepers that could find out down the season. And, of course, as you, you're going to see many times throughout the show, I'm going to be looking over to my left where I have the whole tweet deck set up, uh, ready to roll here in case we get any breaking trade deadline news, which uh, we already had one like right as we started the yep. show here, which isn't not a blockbuster, I guess, but we found out this week in Arizona that uh, Josh Dobbs was going to be benched. Uh, Coach did not like the film, I guess. And now he has been shipped to Minnesota to take over for Kirk Cousins, who has been uh, out with the torn Achilles. But we still think it might be Jaron Hall this week. So that's uh, that's the trade deadline news we have for you off the bat. Yeah, this is as bad of a waiver wear period as you could expect. Uh, that Josh Dobbs actually makes my top five list. So we'll get to that here in just a second. I am dressing up for what it's worth, Jake, as a uh, anguished Packers fan, because that is the real <laughs> life I'm living in right now. Damn. There needs no attire to uh, indicate how bad my Packers look. Once again, getting annihilated, getting out coached. Matt LaFleur can get fired. We can get everyone gone. Uh, Mark Murphy, it's your time to go as well, too. I know you have one more year left before your mandated retirement. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just let's just do it a little bit early, right? Let's Let's make that happen. So actual transition and change can occur here with Green Bay. Let's talk about that top five list of waiver wire pickups. For both of us, I think the top three more or less, is uh, is the same, and it starts with Trey mm-hmm. McBride, tight end for the Cardinals. Again, Zach Ertz on injured reserve. We talked about him last week. I picked him up in the stake league. I have zero use for a tight end. I got him for $3, mainly off the recommendation that you made, Jake, when we were discussing mm-hmm. value and keep him honest bid, saying, well, this guy is probably getting five or six targets, likely getting at least 40 or 50 yards, no matter if it's Josh Dobbs, Kyler Murray, uh, Clayton Toon, who we'll talk about a little bit uh, with the Cardinals quarterback situation this week. Didn't matter. McBride mm-hmm. has been very heavily utilized. The tight end position has been heavily utilized. He's only 20% rostered in Yahoo Leagues right now. Yeah, exactly. So here's what happened. 14 targets, right? Now, obviously, that a lot of that was Dobbs here, and Dobbs is out of town here, so we have to take that into account. But a 38.9% target share is no joke here. I mean, you don't even see healthy Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase get that on most weeks. So the target share is uh, absolutely significant. Um, snap-wise, I'm working a little bit handicapped here because of uh, some late data coming in. 
but uh, snap-wise, 83% of the snaps. Um, this is everything you want to be the makings of a fantasy tight end, and just because of the tight end landscape, anytime someone comes out and gets 14 targets, um, it's beyond just, just Dobbs and him ha- uh, having some kind of chemistry, right? That right. is game plan, yep. that is called for, that is scripted by the staff here. So again, whether Kyler Murray comes out this week or uh, you know whether we do get some Clayton Toon action, I think uh, uh, Trey McBride will still be heavily involved in the game plan, and he's probably the top man I am looking to pick up. Obviously, you can drop Ertz for him. Um, I believe I'm going to drop, like, there's that whole... There's that whole like tier, David right? Njoku, right? Like what, yeah. what, what, what um, David Njoku's in the world? Are you dropping him for... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Njoku looked pretty good last week. I, I dropped Mayer probably. I'm, do- I'm dropping Musgrave. Yeah. Um, yeah, it gets it gets really close to kind of right around that tier, but McBride is definitely someone... I mean, I made a bid for him last week in my Kelsey League, and I started both of them. I flexed mm-hmm. one, and it worked out. And we're probably going to see a lot of that because of other situations going down in that league. Had way too much tra- or Kirk Cousins this year, but anyway... With that kind of volume uh, and, and few standout standout waiver wire picks this week, we're looking at Trey McBride as the top overall pickup. Yeah, Darren Waller was banged up during that ugly Giants-Jets game. Um, like the Dallas Goddards are, are more than less fine, but uh, even Evan Ingram, I think I'll be tra- I would be playing Trey McBride over Evan Ingram. And Ingram has not been bad. Ingram's on a bye this week too, so good if you're point. Look- yes, yep. yeah. I mean, so the Broncos tight ends are not really worried about Laporte is on a bye. Ingram's on a bye. Kittle's on a bye. Yep. It is a rough tight end bye week this week. So uh, you know, I could see. I, I mean, I could see an eleven percent bid for him. 12%. Yeah, I was saying rest of season. I think Trey McBride is a top twelve fantasy tight end. So that means even with all these teams on bye and these tight ends on bye. I would still be rostering him rest of season with the intent that I think you're going to get a lot of value uh, out of him with this offense. Maybe things change with Kyler Murray somewhat, and I think it's probably mm-hmm. a good launching point here just to discuss real quick. Last week we had recommended Kyler Murray uh, as a pickup, and we had thought there's mm-hmm. a possibility, at least I did, that he was going to play. That did not happen, even though he's a full participant in practice all of last week. They list him as doubtful. Clearly the organization mm-hmm. did not want Kyler Murray playing against the Ravens' defense. Understandable. Yep. There's been some thought that maybe he doesn't play this week. I think he is going to get activated. And you'll say, mm-hmm. okay, great, he's activated, he's going to play. That's not necessarily the case. He has to get activated by uh, yep. November 5th because otherwise he will not be able to play the rest basically, of the season. Basically the nightmare situation for our Sunday morning crew, right? Active but not playing. Correct. Um, yep. Exactly. But no, last week we said Kyler Murray, 43%. He was in our top five, or I believe, or was close to it. There were probably more options last week. Now he's up to 56% past our threshold here, so we don't need to talk about him anymore, but definitely uh, keep an eye out for him. And if you need a quarterback, I mean, if you're going Purdy, Lawrence, uh, Goff, or Russell Wilson this week, which are mostly super flex options, Sands, Lawrence probably, um, then, yeah, Kyler Murray's worth a shot right now. But there is a comprehensive two-quarterback section. A lot happened with quarterback news this week. That's probably our biggest section that we're going to get to later in the show. But we got to keep the top five rolling. Yeah, comprehensive is an understatement. Uh, number two for both of us is Demario Douglas. Pop Douglas, if you want. Mm-hmm. The Patriots, Kendrick Bourne out for the rest of the season. Devontae Parker got injured. The Patriots' passing attack is just miserable. They play the Commanders, who made the first trade of the NFL trade deadline by getting rid of Montez Sweat to the Bears for a second-round pick. Hopefully, as a Packers fan, it ends up being the same as the Chase Claypool second-round pick. We'll find out more, uh, likely when the extension happens for Montez Sweat for the Bears. I, I am not interested much in the Patriots passing attack, but there is some value in a guy that's getting six, seven plus targets like mm-hmm. he has the past two weeks. Yeah, team high seven targets, team high. Um, again, data a little slow this week. I'm missing my normal resource. Uh, team high uh, or wide receiver group high, 78.4% of snaps. So, yes, there is the question of how much you want to invest in Mac Jones and the Patriots offense. But Demario Douglas, uh, you know, he had, a, he had a decent game last week, and he definitely picked it up. And this is, of course, largely because we have Kendrick Bourne, torn ACL, out for the season, and Devontae Parker, who uh, left the game early in concussion protocol. Um, I don't believe that uh, – yeah, I think I think Brock Purdy is the only person to enter concussion protocol first and make one, it yep. out this week. And I'm seeing you know some speculation that maybe he just he never had a concussion in the first place, and they were just like the spotter was being overly careful, which is good. Good the league's doing that, but uh, also good that the protocol is doing its, its job if that was the case here. So um, uh, yeah, I would ex- not expect Devonte Parker to play next week. Uh, yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you uh, in that situation. And every other team has played it safe, but the 49ers and maybe. They should have because Brock Purdy did not look very good in that loss to the Bengals last week. All right, moving on in our top five waiver wire pickup list. We had Trey McBride one, Demario Douglas two. This is where we differ, but I think it's it's just mm-hmm. more on perception for rest of yep. the season. Yeah, we're moving uh, we're moving to quarterbacks here, and I'm yeah. going with Will Levis here. Now, granted, 
Upon further review of some of his four touchdowns, there was a little bit of a luck factor that came into play here, right? Um, you know, there's the one play where the defender kind of gave up and thought it was a clear push off on Hopkins, and it probably was. It went out uncalled. Hopkins had all the separation and, you know, the circumstances like that that led to some of the touchdowns. But um, I know you go out there and you throw for four touchdowns and, and, and win the game. I think um, I believe that uh, that buys you some, some goodwill there. And then, of course, uh, Ryan Tannehill, what incentive do the Titans have to play Ryan Tannehill much more for the rest of the season? Oh, at I all? wholeheartedly agree. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, let's go ahead and see what we have in Levis, which I believe is uh, is what's going to happen here for the rest of this year. So uh, yeah, I just wanted to double check on the it, on it, it can't that it can't yeah. hurt because we've seen Malik Willis now for what three four games and probably a spot playing time opportunity for another two mm-hmm. a couple with preseason. He had, he hasn't looked like he should be like a converted tight end, much less a quarterback uh, at the NFL level. So Will Levis, yep, great. I have no idea what the Falcons were, defense were doing. They completely let me down. Uh, they were my best bet se- section as a win for sure. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is literally the only option. Will Levis, to his credit, threw to DeAndre Hopkins because he knew that was his only option. Yes. And bad imagine... quarterbacks have been doing that for DeAndre Hopkins for the entirety of his yes. career. It's amazing that Tannehill was never able to figure that out. Give the man the ball and see what happens. Pretty much the exact opposite of what uh, the L.A. Raiders are doing wrong. We'll throw that in there since yeah. we no longer do Monday Night Football. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo tried to get Devontae Adams just uh, 20 yards off off pace like Jordan Love tends to do. Yeah, it's uh, it's a tough spot. So you have Will Levis, number three overall top five pickup i have the guy we just talked about that just got traded josh dobbs mm-hmm. going to the vikings maybe he doesn't play this week although again i think josh dobbs has to be better than darren hall but dobbs was quietly a quarterback 12 in at least three of the eight weeks that he played for the cardinals this season there's a rushing aspect to it but also you're going to likely get Justin jefferson back the vikings mm-hmm. have playoff aspirations and jordan asm has blossomed into a clear number two if not number one a to a B or verse, whatever you want to, for Josh Jefferson in that receiving core. That defense isn't very good. Mm-hmm. I think Josh Dobbs' rest of season becomes a guy that if yeah. you've been hurt by injuries at quarterback, and there have been a lot, you might be able to get by starting. It won't be pretty. You probably mm-hmm. don't like the options and outcomes that occur, but I think he's getting you at least 16 points a week. Yeah, yeah, no, that's uh, that, that's interesting because there's no doubt here. Um, what encourages me most about this for someone who has a lot of Justin Jefferson and unfortunately had a lot of Kirk Cousins was um, that the Vikings are trying here. You know, they beat the hapless Packers. They're back to 500. I do not think they are a good team, but 500 is enough to keep them, you know, trying and hunting in the playoff section and enough to get Justin Jefferson out back on the field when there was a lot of rumblings early on where like, hey, they have a tough schedule. What if they lose three or four? Then is Jefferson going to come back? So Jefferson will be back. And, of course, uh, Jefferson and Addison, who has emerged in Jefferson's absence. And then you've got TJ Hawkinson. The running game's terrible, but, you know, what are you going to do here? Um, I think you're right. That does uh, lead some lead some, uh, lead some to some successful and some good opportunities for Dobbs here uh, the rest of the way out. Yeah, and I have Levis number four. So Dobbs was number three, Levis four. Your number four, I think, is actually an interesting name in, in, in the fact that we haven't talked about any other really receivers or running backs. Jonathan Mingo looks to be a guy that could make a difference. We had Terrace Marshall getting rumored to be traded by the Panthers to open up more space for their early second-round pick. Mingo, to this point in his career, has disappointed, but he at least had a good game last mm-hmm. Sunday. Yeah, well, here's what's interesting. The Panthers are running three wide receiver sets, which is it, it's very clear. Marshall is entire, Terrace Marshall entirely phased out of the offense. Jonathan Mingo, I mean, now we're, we're granted we're down to like a one-snap difference here. 98.4% of the snaps compared to 96.7% for Thielen and 91.8% for Shark, um, which, you know, again, you're talking about maybe wide receiver three on a Bryce Young Carolina offense. What kind of upside is there, really? But um, And, of course, you have uh, Thielen going there with 11 targets. But Mingo's interesting because he had, he had five targets in this game. And, uh, you know, he turned that into 62 yards. And there was the one play that I think I caught on red zone where he caught the ball and made an excellent move in the open field. And, uh, you know, again, don't want to judge it all on one play. But to me, he passes the eye test. He obviously has the uh, draft pedigree, a second-round pick here. The, the team's bye week is uh, now in the past. You see mm-hmm. this a lot of times yep. with rookie wide receivers where they really get them rolling after their bye week here. And, you know, what uh, – Again, you got the Panthers might as well use him more and see what they have, and that's what it looks like they're going to do. He looks like a solid talent. I'm interested in him um, because you know, outside of Trey McBride, 
not many of these pickups we're talking about this week are guys that you can um, that you can pick up and immediately put in your starting Correct. lineup yep. right here. So um, this is more of a long term thing, but just the five targets last week uh, it gives me encouragement that you could if you have to. And I mean, granted, there were some other wide receiver injuries earlier this year, but Mingo does have games of six, seven, and eight targets as well this season. So he's getting the ball, and again, he looks good. So uh, it, it's interesting to me. He does have yet to. Um, score a touchdown this year, so maybe we'll get a little bit headed his way. He's got upcoming matchups against Indianapolis and Chicago, two slightly below average defenses against wide receivers in both uh, standard and PPR formats, so I'm definitely looking to uh, to add Mingo in some places because I think he's kind of an under-the-radar pickup that, uh, that might be useful for you. Another trade to add to the ledger, Ezra Cleveland, the guard for the Vikings, was traded to Jacksonville for a day three pick. Interesting that the Vikings acquire Josh Dobbs, seemingly going in one direction, competing for the playoffs, and then go another by trading away their starting guard, Ezra Cleveland. It doesn't matter much from a fantasy perspective, other than maybe that adds value to ETN, who already was having one of the better fantasy seasons yep. among running backs this year. And I, Jacksonville's yeah, on buy. Exactly. Year. And I did the Jags inactives last week, and um, I noticed that, one of their guards had both. There were two guards that were both starting guards are questionable. One of them had missed a couple weeks in a row. One was active. One was not active. So I don't know if that circumstances changed. But uh, I mean, yeah, that kind of thing can only help uh, the outlooks for Etn and Lawrence, who are of course on a buy this week. Rounding out our top five waiver wire pickups is Zach Charbonnet, who is around forty five percent rostered. Uh, the Seahawks had their bye week back in week five. Kenneth Walker has been. Uh, a healthy participant, but not so much during practice. Zach Charbonnet had missed a little bit of time earlier this season, came back now. This is, again, just a move for the future. And whereas I had liked Chase Brown, the backup running back for the Bengals, who's now on injured reserve, and a few of these other candidates, I think the most likely guy that if you were to have an injury occur ahead of him, breaks out and has a Kenneth Walker-like season last year, is Zach Charbonnet for that mm-hmm. same Seahawks offense that yep. has still very heavily utilized the running game. Absolutely an add and hold and not necessarily an add and start. Um, a season high 56.4% of the snaps um, on Sunday. And I just want to compare that to Walker real quick. 43.6% of the snaps. So so very interesting here. Yeah, very interesting. As somebody that's Kenneth Walker, still getting a lot of production. Uh, reds and opportunities would be a little bit more nice to see. But Seahawks have a difficult enough matchup against the Ravens this week, although we've saw the Cardinals just drop 20-plus points now with their now-traded quarterback in Josh Dobbs, who, again, went to the Vikings. So that's our top five list, Trey McBride, tomorrow Douglas, some combination of Josh Dobbs or Will Levis, Jonathan Mingo, and then Zach Charbonnet, uh, more or less in that same order. I want to take a break, get a word from our sponsors, Blue Wire, and then we'll come back with that running back section, which unfortunately doesn't have a lot going for it in Week 9. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, we're back. And uh, just for a reminder, four teams on by this week. Broncos, okay, not so much uh, of value there. Lions, Jacksonville, and the 49ers. Three of the top fantasy teams, it feels like, for a lot of different positions. So certainly places that you need to have uh, available options. Unfortunately, not a lot of clear pickups for the ETN, Jameer Gibbs, uh, Christian McCaffrey crowd because not a great week. Cam Akers, 57% rostered. Okay, fine. We mentioned Zach Charbonnet, got some playing time, but Kenneth Walker is still there. You got Leonard Fournette, who did sign officially on the practice squad with the Bills, will likely be a call-up in future weeks over the Latavius Murrays. Damian Harris still in injured reserve. That's not attractive to me either. I don't know. Uh, is it Amari DiMarcato again, who finally got more work once again for the Cardinals offense? There, there just is not a lot of options that I'm finding very attractive here. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. So Cam Akers was one that I kind of, again, it's pretty speculative. Uh, obviously watching uh, that Vikings game as a Packer fan uh, kind of reaffirmed uh, a lot of people's ideas that Alexander Madison isn't all that good, even though he played uh, twice as many snaps as Cam Akers. So, you know, the, it's a theoretical change into the guard situation. But if they're trading around, if they're trading linemen, and uh, it's just not a it's not a team that's going to run the football at all, which is kind of it's weirdly the opposite of what we've seen uh, from them over the past few years. So that was speculative, and plus he's at fifty seven percent anyway. We just kind of went through um, Charbonnet. He uh, he had that twenty one yard run, averaged ten a carry. He had five carries. Walker had eight carries. So um, there just wasn't a lot of rushing opportunities there. But he's definitely uh, in there. And then I do want to talk about someone that you've had on your radar for a while. Hopefully, haven't quite let go. And that is uh, Leonard Fournette. Uh, playoff Lenny is uh, apparently being courted, uh, and I guess he visited the Buffalo Bills. He signed, I, he signed with their practice squad. Yep. He signed to their practice squad. Pretty sure I saw that yesterday. Okay. He signed I, with I, their I, practice I, squad. Yeah, last I looked before on this was that um, was that he was just visiting. But yes, he's officially signed to the Buffalo Bills practice squad. So here we go. We have an option that um, you know I don't know how much standalone value he's going to have because James Cook is still kind of your between the twenties guy. But um, I would not be happy if I were a James Cook owner. Uh, I put it that. way. I don't way. think Fournette cuts into Cook's value. It's more Latavius Murray again with Damian yeah. Harrison injured reserve. Latavius Murray has been like that goal line but the, at the red zone area, and I think that's mm-hmm. where Fournette could happen. And that Fournette could also pass catch, I think, doesn't tip off defenses as much. But they've been very sheltered with the way they use James Cook and the way they operate with that backfield as a whole that I, I don't think they're going to utilize Fournette any differently than they would Latavius Murray, even if Fournette is uh, much more suited to be more to that offense. I don't think it cuts into James Cook workload at all. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that's uh, that, that's fair enough, and uh, we'll see. So, like, at 5% rostered, there's not a whole lot. I, I mean, I don't see a ton of fantasy value in terms of, you know, you, you try, you can't pick him up and start him. We don't even know for sure at this point on Tuesday if he's going to suddenly um, – if he's going to suddenly, uh, you, you know, be even elevated to the active roster this yeah. week. So that's interesting. So, yeah, so, again, we go back down to our retreads then, right? Um, DeMarcado is interesting, 36% rostered. You can probably squeeze at least a week of utility out of him or maybe two until James Conner comes back. Then he's probably back down to, you know, irrelevant. Um, you know, I didn't love Jeff Wilson's usage these last couple of weeks, but, uh, you know, there's someone at least with some upside you can take a look at there. Devon um, Chan's going to come back, though, after. So I think the Dolphins play in Germany against the Chiefs this week, have a bye. Will, he will then be eligible to return that. So you have one week mm-hmm. of Jeff Wilson, who's splitting time with Raheem Mostert. I mean, you might have to yeah, consider it because there, there is, there's a lot mm-hmm. of relevant guys out. Yeah, I mean, he had five carries back. and two targets, you yeah. know, against uh, yeah. against the Patriots, and you know, didn't look completely dreadful. Um, I mean. Again, as someone who had to start Craig Reynolds, who had to start Devin Singletary, who had to, you know, who even started Latavius Murray in a league, things get uh, things get interesting here. Um, let's see. The other one I had now, and he's up to forty nine percent rostered, so this is a little bit unlikely. Tajay Spears. Again, we're watching this trade deadline to see mm-hmm. if Derrick Henry is going to get moved. Obviously, if Derrick Henry got moved, suddenly Tajay Spears probably becomes a top twenty back uh, in fantasy, and he's someone interesting. Um, and the uh, the demand is real because he went for a forty five percent bid in our stake league last <laughs> last week, right? Now maybe wow. Kurt, maybe that was a little bit of an overpay by Kirk, Kurt, but uh, 
it was um, I, that happened. So there's confidence among us, among uh, you know some some of the industry people here. So he yeah he becomes a very interesting candidate. Though I do worry. I mean, we're getting what is it? We're we're a half hour away from the actual deadline in real time today. Something like that. We're yeah. getting close. There. I mean, apparently the Titans and the Ravens had, had a, deal a deal in yeah. place mm-hmm. that 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 got vetoed. So by it's the certainly owner. starting to yeah by the owner that certain. So it's certainly starting to look like maybe. Um, you know, like like maybe they aren't going to trade Henry, or maybe there's a disconnect between the owner and the GM uh, that could prevent a trade from happening. So, in any case, uh, those are those are some names that I had down. But it's not a super attractive running back week. If you have to stream one this week, you're like throwing a guy in there and hoping you can get five six points and then moving moving on. Yeah, unfortunately, again, if you're missing McCaffrey or Jameer Gibbs or Travis Etienne, people we've recommended in past weeks would have to be considered this week. That's that's more or less the. Mm-hmm. Options I've seen. Just to give you a bit of a deeper name, though, how about Royce Freeman? Got back-to-back games now with six-plus carries. Goes against the Packers' defense, which is one of the worst in the league. Really can't stop anything, uh, especially against the run. I know Daryl Henderson's the starter. He's going to get 15-plus carries. But I think there's an opportunity, even if uh, Matthew Stafford does not play, where the Rams will have to utilize Royce Freeman to the extent that he gets you seven or eight points. Mm -hmm. And he's probably more widely available than any of the other running backs we've mentioned. It'll be a run-heavy game for sure because that's the one thing the Packers uh, have not been able to stop uh, for any degree. Um, you know, so even if Henderson is, is RB one over there, Freeman, um, I think what Freeman ended up with like ten PPR points last yeah, week. I started yeah, Chuba Hubbard yep. over him, and I was like, oh dang, you know, maybe I made a mistake there. Um, but no, this is going to be a tremendously run-heavy uh, game plan, I would figure, especially if Brett Rippon starts. And. You know, you and I both know, like, if this is the case for the Packers, they should just stack the box with nine guys they should. And, and let Jair play man. That would be the smart force, thing to force do. Force Brett Rippon to, to uh, beat you. But as we both know, uh, Joe Barry is not a smart coach. So, um, who Preston somehow Smith, has a job I'm going to be on Puka Nakua and uh, Cooper Cup. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I don't know. It, it's a weird situation. You'd think the Packers, with the amount of talent they have on defense, would be able to game plan for that uh, for this for a situation here. But... Uh, again, yeah, I mean Royce Freeman, sure, I could throw him out there against the Packers. You're basically you're picking you're picking on running backs against the Packers. I also think you're picking on running backs against the Raiders too, because you know mm-hmm. AJ Dillon was able to run for 80 against the Raiders. Um, we saw Craig Reynolds do a pretty good job, and I'm sure Craig Reynolds is below the threshold. Um, and he's Craig Reynolds is probably similar. Yeah, oh, a, yeah, oh yeah, of course they're on a buy, and uh, then of course we're going to be looking at David Montgomery coming back maybe yep. because he uh, was never on the uh, IR. So yeah, again. Hate to disappoint, but, you know, you can't squeeze blood from a stone, and there just isn't much for running backs this week. <laughs> I like that line. Yeah, no, wholeheartedly agree. We can agree, though, that uh, we're, we're going to have a lot of fun here at the Circuit Resort and Casino for the big game party come February. Super Bowl Sundays in Las Vegas this year. Watch the game oh – boy, watch the big game poolside at Stadium Swim's big game viewing party. There's a massive scream with a booming game sound and a view of the pyrotechnic and visual effects that will occur throughout the game. Snag the best seat in the sun with daybeds, poolside boxes, cabanas, and more, or touchdown at the world's largest sportsbook, Circus Sports, for the big game bash. Three stories of football glory featuring a 78 million pixel screen. Book your seat with a variety of uh, reservation options, including bottle service, open bar, stadium-style food, and more. Don't miss these legendary viewing experiences on February 11th. The big game parties only at Circa Resort and Casino Reserve today at CircaLasVegas.com. I also want to quick get a word from our sponsor, Splash Sports. Rotowire is a proud, uh, well, is proud to partner with Splash Sports for the 2023 fantasy season. Splash Sports empowers gaming commissioners to earn by creating contests. Commissioners can set up contests, add their style, and enjoy the evolving Splash Sports platform for customized preferences from daily to season-long contests. Splash Sports caters to various playing styles such as DFS, Pick X and traditional survivor. And unlike traditional sports books, Splash Sports pits you against friends and family, not the house. Splash goes beyond betting, a space where friends can connect, strategize, and share in the excitement of sports. Rotowire will be running a weekly DFS tier contest every week, obviously, on Splash Sports all season long. Can you beat the Rotowire experts like myself? Visit rotowire.com slash splash to enter today. All right, so going to the waiver wire pickups for wide receivers. Last week, we talked about Jaden Reed. He had a pretty good game, probably could have had a bigger game if Jordan Love uh, could throw a football. Then there was Ronda Moore, not so much interesting. Certainly Jalen Hyatt wasn't in a game where the Giants threw for negative nine passing yards. Kendrick Bourne, <laughs> you know, blown torn ACL there. And then uh, Josh Palmer, whatever else. Rashid Shahid looked okay uh, last week and was a guy we talked about. 
I mean, at this point, I think you have to consider him with his big play potential and double-digit point scores uh, in two of the past three games. Yeah, he's finding his way into good fantasy games. I was uh, completely flabbergasted this week when one, or when there was uh, one someone I was playing decided they were going to start Rashid Shaheed over Romeo Dobbs in their 16-team league. And I, I, I didn't understand it, mm. but, man, did she look like a genius after last week. Uh, Shahid has uh, he's been productive. His last three, 18.3, 7.2, 24.3. Um, you know, like he has a reasonable floor. Um, you know, I think there's maybe like one four-point game in there. But um, other than that, uh, uh, he has been – what i got to check the floor here. Um, yeah, he didn't do much against the Packers and had a, you know, a six and a four-point uh, game. But, uh, you know, he's got multiple 20-point PPR games this season. And you just can't ignore it at this point. Everyone thinks, okay, return specialist, gadgety guy. Um, but there's a spot for that in fantasy. And if you need a flex, I, you know, there are some leagues where I would certainly love to have myself some more Rashid Shahid. So, uh, I, you know, I, li- I like what's happening here with him in a 36% uh, – he could easily be up there. Like uh, he's he's one. You know, I talked about Jonathan Mingo in the top five. Yep. Shahid, you could probably pick up and start. Right, yeah. Mingo's a little bit yeah. riskier in that department. You know, he's more of a stash. But uh, Shahid could uh, could yeah definitely get into the starting five lineup here. I think this is a good segue into a question that Armando had earlier in the show, and it's regarding the quarterbacks. He has Matthew Stafford, and he's wondering if he should wait to see if Stafford will play or pick up one of the three quarterback options: Baker Mayfield, Will Levis. Or Derek Carr, and I mentioned this because I think Derek Carr actually is one of those that is going to get you enough production with Chris Olave, yeah. with Rashid mm-hmm. Shahid, Taysom Hill, Alvin Kamara. There's so much that the Saints passing game has to do that I think Rashid Shahid becomes a bit of a safer guy, even if he is the big play potential maker out of that offense. Yeah, you're definitely picking up Carr this week among those options here. They've got the Bears who are 19th. Or no, wait, I'm looking at receivers here. So, um, but they're very they, bad got, against quarterbacks. Yeah, Herbert, yeah, for exactly. I'm sure. Touchdowns. Yeah, I'm sure they're not great. Uh, yeah, Herbert looked like a like the MVP, you know, when they right. played the Bears. But oh, geez, yeah. So it's even worse. Uh, Bears exactly. are 26th against opposing quarterbacks, and 20, and then the next week, Carr has the Vikings, and they're 21st against opposing yeah. quarterbacks here. So there's a good chance you're starting Carr this week and next week over Stafford, even if Stafford um, were to be healthy, healthy with his yeah. injured thumb. Yeah. So that's why I just mentioned it was a real quick uh, transition with the quarterback spot. Obviously, love answering those questions as we can. So we had mentioned Rashid Shahid. We talked about Pop Douglas as probably our number two wave warrior pick among the top five options this week. Kendrick Bourne done for the rest of the season. Vante Parker on concussion protocol, likely missing at least one game if you are any other team besides the 49ers. I, I don't want much of the passing attack for the Patriots. Like, it's just not that attractive to me. Mac Jones looks like one of the dozens of bad quarterbacks currently playing professional football in the NFL. They go against the commander's defense, which is good, but I think it's going to lose a little bit of that attitude now, especially with the team clearly steering in one direction after Montez Sweat was traded to the Bears. I don't know. Uh, do you have Pop Douglas as a top three waiver wire pickup if there were including guys like Jaden Reed in that mix who are still kind of undervalued? Yeah, well, I mean, Reed is under 50%, so I could have totally thrown him in there. I think that's just a reflection on my um... – you know, on my overall outlook for the Packers offense here. I, yeah, I could have put him in my top five if I wanted to. I could have, and I maybe should have put Shahid in my top five here because, uh, you know, but uh, the thing is, is like Shahid and he, and even Douglas, like, you know, I, oh, so I put Douglas and Mingo in my top five, but again, Mingo, Stash, Douglas at least has some short-term upside here. He had seven targets last week. Plenty of snaps here. These are guys, you know, guys like Shahid and Douglas are kind of, you know, desperation. Throw them in your flex and hope for the best on a bye week situation if it's bye weeks or injuries here. So um, I could see starting Pop Douglas this week if you had to. Yeah, I, I tend to agree if that's the case, only because the commanders have allowed a decent amount of passing yards to competent teams. Just wouldn't say the Patriots are a competent team, uh, and I can say that as a Packers fan uh, wholeheartedly. So we mentioned Jonathan Mingo as well, too. I want to turn our attention to Khalil Shakir, who now back-to-back weeks has been more involved in that Bills offense and we all kind of forget about because they played last Thursday. It's definitely an interesting setup to see if that Bills offense can continue to be successful. Dalton Kincaid, we talked about him last week, too, as a top pickup, mm-hmm. uh, also very heavily involved. I-, I like the Bills passing attack. I really do. 
Yeah. I mean, basically, the theory is that the Dawson Knox targets, which a lot of them have gone to Kincaid, but some of those targets and, and even snaps are going to Shakir because they're running more three wide receiver sets uh, than they otherwise would here. I don't know if I trust Shakir to be consistent, but you definitely, after looking at that box score last night, you have to give him a shot. There's a role in fantasy, and um, you know he could be he could be picked up and played as well. I mean, I don't like him as much as as Shahid or even Pop Douglas, but uh, he's he's in the mix now. He suddenly became fantasy relevant. Yeah, uh, the Bills play the Bengals this week. Of course, the Bengals make Brock Purdy look like he still was in concussion protocol. I, I think that Bengals defense is pretty good, um, but it'll be a matter of two AFC teams who've played against each other a bunch before that's going to be in prime time as well. I don't know if the NFL should have chose to run that one back from last year, given what occurred, but obviously uh Demar Hamlin's healthy and everything should be fine theoretically, but we'll have to see it's I'm, I'm nervous because that matchup is tough against that Bengals defense, but I think Shakir mm-hmm. has been more involved where it's maybe a bit safer. If you really have to in deeper leagues, the other one is Noah Brown, you know, Robert Woods out. I wonder if he'll get placed in injured reserve, uh, Noah Brown, obviously former Cowboys guy. Noah Brown was on injury reserve at certain points this season too. Got five targets. Has a has a role as that uh, guy that gets a ten yard reception every other quarter kind of thing, and uh, oftentimes was too utilized by Kellen Moore and Dak Prescott last season. Mm-hmm. I'm not super interested in him. Uh, I would rather Nico Collins. I have a lot of shares up. Gets more involved, but that's more of a yes, selfish. Of course, thing I, would, I would much prefer that as well here, but this is the reality <laughs> of the situation. I'm, I'm looking at the lineup here. Um, with Robert Woods out this week, uh, Brown, Noah Brown actually played an identical snap count to um, to Nico Collins, where Tank Dell, meanwhile, uh, had the most snaps of any wide receivers. So that is interesting uh, to me. And he, uh, he had five targets last week, except, I don't know, I, I have more confidence in uh, – I think Noah Brown is like a Khalil Shakir light, right? You're looking at the wide receiver three, but you have Josh Allen in the Bills offense, and although C.J. Stroud has been looking very good, it's still C.J. Stroud and the Texans offense. So which one of the two would you rather have the wide receiver three in? Yes, both of them become, they suddenly slip onto the fantasy radar due to some ceiling and some opportunity that they did not have before. Um, But I'm not super thrilled about Brown. He was the last one on my list just to uh, work in because we got buys this week and possibly some desperation here at the helm. Yeah, possibly desperation is how I describe the quarterback position, too. I wrote about this in the Tuesday article I get posted where I go over all of the best bets and over-unders for every single game. The middle tier of quarterback got eviscerated over the first eight weeks of the season. So Aaron Rodgers, of course, out first four snaps of the year. You got Ryan Tannehill, who, you know, whatever. Daniel Jones was being highly drafted. Anthony Richardson mm-hmm. was a middle-tier guy as well, too. Now Kirk Cousins done for the season. I've listed five guys that you would have all been like, oh, I, I guess like they could maybe make a team <laughs> play a certain level, not even like raising the case of Aaron Rodgers or yeah. something like that. And and now we have like the Jordan Loves and Kenny Pickett's mm-hmm. and Mac Jones and Desmond Ritters. Yep, I listed are- 10 <laughs> quarterbacks right there off the top of my head that all are either injured or suck. Mm-hmm. That's a third of the league right now that yeah. we're dealing with. And that's not even to include more of these quarterbacks that have been injured as well, too. Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah. just a, it's a brutal stretch. Here's a fun one. My first four picks in Fishbowl were uh, Justin Jefferson, Jonathan Taylor, Kirk Cousins, Aaron Rodgers. So yeah, what's the what's the record uh, on that? <laughs> what's team the right record? Now? I think I've managed to pick up a single victory this year. <laughs> I will is, be is starting this Tyson uh, Bajent this year. Is this, this your uh, Taylor Swift? My look what you maybe do uh, debut right? I've done the <laughs> yeah. past couple of weeks. This is you ranting about your Scott Fishbowl yeah, team. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, no, it's it, it's terrible. That one. Uh, I was hoping that league would be. I'd be a little more competitive in that league, but. You know, when you do this many, eventually there's going to be one or two that have that you catch all the bad breaks in, and that was mine this year. Yeah, uh, we had talked about Derek Carr. I think he actually is the top of the streaming quarterback candidacy. If you are uh, out Stafford or whatever else, again, another mid-tier QB as well, too. But also Sam Howell, who has been – he didn't take a sack. You know, gets that <laughs> fearsome Eagles pass rush. Somehow the guy that leads the league in sacks could break yep. uh, not Derek Carr's <laughs> record, but David Carr's record of sack totals. Didn't get a single knockdown uh, in that Eagles, close Eagles loss. It is completely back and forth with Sam Howell because I go from, oh, he's terrible, to wait, is he good? To, okay, he's terrible now. Um, last week he looked good. You know, he got Scary Terry, he got Jahan Dotson involved. Yeah. Um, Curtis Samuel Thomas got banged involved. up. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry, what? Curtis Samuel got banged up in that one, so I think that's mm-hmm. why Jahan Dotson Well, yeah, I think involved. Curtis Samuel was maybe banged up leading going into that one too, so – um, but anyway, but in any case, uh, Sam Howell is using the weapons at his disposal. The commanders don't seem too uh, determined to win this year, but I think he's been uh, just sufficient enough to uh, potentially win some games. I don't love the matchup at New England, um, but 
He's there. He's out there. He's available. He, you know, 45% rostered. Go. Uh, he, he's someone that's worth sticking around as a QB, too, because as uh, cause I'm about to pay the price in several Kirk Cousins uh, where I, leagues where I did not have a QB, too. So uh, there is, um, yeah, there's definitely some some utility there. Yeah, uh, the Cousins injury has impacted things. I think also, at least from a positive perspective, if Taylor Heineke starts the Falcons, you can maybe say there's some more upside from all fantasy relevant players, Kyle Pitts, Drake London especially. We don't know if that's going to occur. Ritter, Ritter had evidently uh, had been checked for protocol from a concussion perspective, was clear to that, the way I'm understanding mm-hmm. things, and then – you had Arthur Smith just say, no, Taylor Heineke, you play the rest of this game. Of yep. course, the Falcons go on to lose to Will Levis's debut with the mm-hmm. Titans, who are now, what, 3-5. and five. It's a bad team. Falcons are a bad team, make bad yeah. choices, and also don't like fantasy players. So we don't like exactly. them either. This makes me wonder, like, Arthur Smith, okay, maybe maybe he's in, not the greatest decision maker, right? I think every fantasy <laughs> analyst can agree on that. But um, so Obviously, you would think as a Falcons head coach, right, if you want to win games the rest of the season, if that is your objective, you play Heineke over Ritter because Heineke gives you a far better shot to win week to week. And selfishly, it's helpful for our fantasy players. But believe it or not, when your good players produce, you win games, right? So <laughs> so, so Heineke is the better option. We, we, we all know this. I think we can agree on this. Um, which makes me think, was it Arthur Smith holding him back? Or was this uh, front office ownership saying, no, we have to see what's going on with Ritter. We need to see more of this terrible Ritter. We need to get a better draft pick. Um, so really, I don't know what the situation is here necessarily. I mean, the, the, so, the, um, playoffs, the number seven playoff spot, which who cares about it, but it, it, mm-hmm. it is going to come down to the Falcons, Saints, or Vikings. Two of those three teams are going to get in. One of them is going to have a competent quarterback, and that's Derek Carr. And I don't think... Raiders fans of last year or people who've really watched the Saints this year would call him competent in any means. That is your number seven seed in the NFC. So I don't I don't know what the Falcons choose to do. Arthur Smith might just try to continue winning despite playing his best players. I think he has some like weird sick thing going on that he just enjoys doing that. I have no idea mm-hmm. what Atlanta seems to, to be doing. control the whole fantasy community. Heineke is week. the better QB at this point. I think it's mm-hmm. very clear. It's just a matter of will the Falcons recognize it. Yeah, he gave him a little spark, and they were able to uh, um, not quite come back for the lead, but uh, at least kept that game close. So we'll see what happens in Atlanta. That kind of leads us into our two-quarterback situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, should I do quick hitters here because we don't need to spend a ton of time Might talking about Might as well, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, let's, let's rattle them off here. Josh Dobbs, of course, he is out for the Cardinals, traded to the Vikings. We don't know if he's going to start for the Vikings or not this week. Uh, you know, it could be Jaron Hall. Meanwhile... Kyler Murray could start against the Browns this week for the Cardinals in his stead. Otherwise, it'll be Clayton Toon. So one of those two, maybe a Murray return. Obviously, on the Viking side of that, Kirk Cousins out for the season. Josh Dobbs an option eventually. Jaron Hall is your backup quarterback by default. Probably, maybe still plays this week. Nick Mullins will come off IR. Competition of terrible quarterbacks here. But the key point takeaway there is that the Vikings are still, um, they are still trying I guess, and uh, you know that that's good. Looks good for Justin Jefferson. All right, more quick hitters. Baker Mayfield had a knee bruise. He expects to play this week at Houston. Um, similar situation with Kenny Pickett and the Steelers here. Of course, he left the game in favor of Mitch Trubisky. Uh, he was being called. It was, it was with Kenny Pickett. It went from doors open to uh, he'll be a game time decision to plans to play. So it seems to be heading in the right direction there. Um, we talked about this a little bit earlier. Where Brett Rippon finished the game for Matthew Stafford, suffered a thumb injury, same thumb he's had serious trouble with in the past. X rays negative. He's still going to be evaluated. We know there's no fracture. His status is quote up in the air for the upcoming cold weather game in Green Bay. Got to talk about the Giants here. Terod Taylor went to the hospital with a rib injury. Remember the history of Tyrod Taylor and mm-hmm. ribs injuries, people, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully, uh, can you imagine what if they, what if what if they told him, "Hey, uh, we need to inject this thing into your ribs." Uh, how, how do you think that conversation goes? I'd say, well, is that one doctor gone uh, who gives us all the injury news and analysis on Twitter? Yeah, yeah we'll yeah, see. No, exactly mm-hmm. here. But anyway. Uh, it looks like Danny J- Daniel Jones has been medically cleared to come back and take over for him. Um, you know, he missed a little bit more time than anyone initially expected, so we have to watch that situation. Um, but in any case, Tommy DeVito is next up, the good fella. Um, we had a long conversation about this with my buddies on Sunday. Like, wait, is that really Otis character in the Goodfellas? That's is it really? Name, yes. Is mm-hmm. it really Tommy DeVito? Yep, that certainly is here. So, uh, so the good fella Tommy DeVito uh, could be in the mix if Daniel Jones doesn't come back. Tyson Bagent is going to start Week Nine at New. Orleans. Justin Fields still dealing with that thumb injury. He is considered week to week. 
there are a lot of two quarterback options for you. Um, so hopefully I'll find somebody to compliment Tyson Bajant in fishbowl. Now that I can officially drop. Um, yeah. Cousins. Bajant's playing one more week. Cause fields is not uh, yet active for that one. It's just, it's, it's so gross, Jake. It's yeah. so gross that I'm, I'm going to put in a waiver claim for Brett Rippon this week and Taylor Heineke and Jameis Winston just in case. <laughs> yeah, there's there's four or five guys that are just uh, should shouldn't be even backups, yeah. but are, are having to play meaningful contests. Speaking of meaningful news, we had Chase oh, yeah, Young, other say, pass yeah. rusher for the Commanders, traded to the 49ers for a third round pick. So if you're keeping tally, Montez Sweat, who is three years older, gets a second round pick from the Bears, whereas Chase Young. Uh, goes for a third round pick to the 49ers. Chase Young, of course, contract up. I think this season the Commanders yeah, chose not to do his fifth round. Yeah, the team option. Yeah, so yeah, I don't, I don't know if he stays with the 49ers or gets an extension. That would still be a waiver where uh, we'll be a free agent guy this offseason, whereas Montez Sweat likely getting a bigger deal from the Bears. Uh, sticking with the trade theme, Josh Dobbs, of course, traded for a late round pick to the Vikings. And that's just about it. We had Ezra Cleveland mm-hmm. uh, during the show get traded to the Jacksonville Jaguars for a day three pick as well. He was a backup guard for the Vikings. Not as much fireworks as we were hoping, but we still have maybe 10 or so minutes, Jake. So we'll have to see if yeah. another trades kind of sneak in. I know, we're a- just going to have to chat around until the end of this deadline. I mean, some kind of, <laughs> I, I don't know if this works like baseball or basketball where like the deadline isn't actually the deadline and news, you just have to file the paperwork. The news might trickle in later on. But you're right. It's been a pretty – we've had some epic deadlines, but we this is probably one of the slower ones that we've seen in recent memory. Yeah, uh, certainly. From a tight end perspective, we talked about our number one overall waiver wire pickup in Trey McBride, who, again, with Zach Ertz and injured reserve, has been getting a plethora of targets. And whether it's Clayton Toon, whether it's Kyler Murray, whether it's whatever other quarterback the Cardinals want to try out there, the scheme seems to be involved in the tight ends. Zach Ertz had made your list, Jake, a number of times earlier this season. McBride, to me, is a top 12 fantasy starting tight end rest of season. And I would be very confident, again, if he's available in 80% of leagues, that I'd acquire him. And even if you can't start him, trading somebody like a Sam Laporta or Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey, I think could get you a whole lot of value elsewhere. And Trey McBride gets 80% of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's an interesting uh, interesting move because I'm thinking I might have to do that in Snake League to get a startable wide receiver and running back and maybe quarterback. Uh, so we'll see what kind of haul I can get for Kelsey maybe in Snake League, putting him up on the block here. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, the whole reason we're even having that conversation is because we're confident enough in McBride's volume. Now, again, the one disclaimer, the one argument against us, if you're going to play devil's advocate, is that that was with Josh Dobbs and we're going to see Clayton Toon or Kyler Murray. I think right. Kyler Murray is going to be more likely to – scramble around and chuck the ball deep and get guys like Hollywood Brown involved a, a bit more than, uh, than you know, Dobbs or Toon will be. Um, but but we'll see. I mean, 14 targets, like I said, that is no joke. That is not just the quarterback loving them. That is you're getting schemed for that many targets. So uh, I would feel very confident off. moving one of those top tight ends, assuming you're going to get a good package. Mm-hmm. If you have McBride, if you have Dalton Kincaid, who is a guy that we talked about a lot last week. Mm-hmm. I like Jake Ferguson, too, who was, uh, I think, cut by a lot of people because the Cowboys were on by. Of course, gets a touchdown in his return this past week. I mean, there's 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 a lot of those kind of options, and it's attractive enough to me if you can get a real haul for the Travis Kelseys of the world. And I think Mark Andrews kind of fits in that same vein that I would consider doing it uh, if you are in need of more roster options. So, Anybody else at tight end that you kind of consider uh, in that same vein? I really hate saying this because the moment he has a good game, he will, in fact, disappear the following week. But that actually hasn't necessarily been the case for Taysom Hill over the past three weeks. Uh, 12.3, 16.8, and 22.9 PPR points for Taysom Hill. So uh, he's only 36% rostered in Yahoo leagues. He is a solution to the tight end problem. Um for a lot of people, and that will be the case this week because, once again, Laporta, Evan Ingram, and George Kittle are all on bye week. So it is a big tight end bye week. You're taking a look at Hill, and you're taking a look at McBride if you can. Um, I didn't have too much else, but, I, okay, so the Chargers game. Yep. Parham was Gerald, Gerald yeah. Everett does not play. He's out with the ribs injury. You have Parham get four for 43 and a touchdown, but Stone Smart gets 39 snaps. You had also Trey McKitty, their third-round bust of a pick, who's more of a fullback, gets 16 uh, snaps as well, too. And that was in a game in which the Chargers ran for 54 yards on 25 carries. Like, the two tight end set was still that important to Kellen Moore and company, uh, and that Parham was not more involved. Fourth touchdown, fourth red zone touchdown, I, I couldn't tell – like in deeper leagues that you and I play in, Jake, maybe I would consider Parham a little bit more. 
Uh, I'm in a 14-team league that has two flexes. That's one where I'd like par him in certain situations like this. But I think in most times, in, in most leagues that people are listening to, he just does not have a lot of utility because the Chargers don't want him to have a lot of utility. Yeah, yeah, I know that that, that is what it is. You're basically he's a perfect touchdown only league guy, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, like that's you remember a great Alley Cox from a couple years ago. Yeah, There's yeah, going to yeah. be some of those weeks where he gets a jump ball or two in the red zone, and then you know, and and isn't getting used that much outside of that. So yeah, it's tough on tight ends, but if you've got an option that are that's twenty percent rostered, and another option in Taysom Hill that's thirty six percent rostered, um, chances are you can go ahead and go get one of them. Yeah, what's not tough, I think, is some streaming candidates at defense that looks pretty attractive uh, this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is more about the opponent than the defense itself. Sure. But whatever Minnesota trots out there this week, Justin Jefferson's still on IR. Whether Josh Dobbs gets ready to play on time or whether it's Jaron Hall, uh, they have to head to Atlanta. And Atlanta is only 33% rostered, so I'm taking a serious look at, at them. I don't love streaming road teams, and the Chargers yeah. are going all the way across country to play the Jets, which has historically gone pretty bad. But historically, Zach Wilson's pretty bad too. So. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we can say historically, it's been a number of years now. Um, so, yeah, it's Chargers only 26% rostered. I, I don't, again, the cross country trip might give me a little bit of uh, anxiety about that, but I, uh, and I generally prefer home teams as streamers. Um, but the Chargers have to be mentioned here. And then, of course, we don't know what's going to happen with the Giants quarterback situation. Is mm-hmm. Danny Dimes back? Is a fragile Danny Dimes back that'll play a couple snaps and then leave because the neck gets tweaked? We don't know, but. Man, if I were the Giants, I sure wouldn't want to bring Danny Dimes back to face Max Crosby and the Raiders because Max Crosby is a menace, Max Crosby is a problem, and the Raiders are home against the Giants, you know, another team traveling across country. Raiders are only 14% rostered, so pretty much available all over the place. I mean, I know a lot of people kind of just drafted the 49ers defense this week and mm-hmm. um, have been just kind of sitting on that, which is perfectly fine. But um, you can't – I don't know. I, I wouldn't cut the 49ers, but you certainly need to find a replacement this week. So those are a couple of options that I'm going to Can I add two at. more? Yeah, keep them coming. All right, so we, we, one cross-country travel to another. I'll take the Rams defense against Jordan Love and Matt LaFleur. I'll take the Packers defense against possibly Brett Ripping as well, too. I think <laughs> it's a scenario where both defenses score more than yeah. either offense uh, if Brett Ripping is, in fact, your starting quarterback for the Cobb, huh. sorry, for the Rams. Are you going on Sunday? Yes, I am unfortunately going to that game. Yeah, I will be going to that game as well, hoping <laughs> for the best. Well, last time you and I both went to a game was the Saints, where they ended up winning uh, after playing only one quarter. I forget what happened in the first three. Definitely wasn't uh, bad football, that's for sure. So yeah, yeah, we'll have we'll to see. see. Yeah, I, I yeah, feel we'll, very, we'll I feel get the very cold confident. weather and everything. We got snow this morning in Madison. Yeah. Wild. <laughs> I feel very confident the Rams win that game. That's that's a pathetic team right now in the Packers uh, in every way, shape, and form. So we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, we really are pretty good with the user questions as well. Unfortunately, the NFL trade deadline hasn't been as active as we were hoping for. And uh, from a trade deadline in the fantasy community as well, too, it seems like uh, people mm-hmm. are sitting on it as the week nine buys mm-hmm. seem to be a little bit difficult to navigate the second- around. The second we hit stop here, Derek Henry will move. I'm sure that's how this goes, right? This is how it almost always goes. I keep here. refreshing. I'm looking down. I, we haven't yep. seen no, I've had, Every time I look this direction, I'm looking at uh, you know some columns about trade rumors and trades and not seeing a whole lot. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you uh, wholeheartedly. All right. Well, that does it for us in the Week 9 edition of the RotoWire NFL podcast, of course, brought to you by our friends at Circus Sports. We'll be back in next week. Best of luck to your fantasy lineups.